the best, 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 best of Crest in the Afternoon countdown. Number 16. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. There's something almost biblical about the resignation, the rise and fall, you might say, the resignation, finally, of Andrew Cuomo, uh, the former altar boy, as he likes to refer to himself. Um, Proverbs 16, 18 has a very famous line. You've, I'm sure you've heard it. Pride comes before a fall. I mean, this is one of those biblical passages that has been so used in mainstream culture over the years that it's become proverbial. <laughs> it's, it's a maxim. Uh, everybody knows it. They may not know where it comes from, but everybody's heard. Pride comes before a fall. And whether or not New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will learn the meaning of that scripture before the final judgment remains to be seen. Judging by his resignation speech today, he's got a ways to go yet. He has one thing in his favor. He admits to being arrogant. The problem is, he thinks arrogance is a virtue, not a vice. Uh, He learned that from his father, Mario Cuomo, who taught him the benefits of being, quote, an irritable, thin-skinned, and dismissive person. He showed me that arrogance ultimately works, end quote. So uh, this is a good time to reflect a little bit on arrogance. Uh, His resignation doesn't mean his repentance. No, impeachment was a certainty. His support had evaporated. He had lost the New York House, the Senate. He had lost the support of New York's two senators. Uh, The mayor of New York wanted him out. The head of the Democratic Party in New York wanted him out. The U.S. Speaker of the House wanted him out. The President of the United States wanted him out. He had nowhere to stand, so he had to just fold. The New York Attorney General had concluded that 11 women told believable stories of his touching them inappropriately, putting pressure on them to conform to his aggressive flirtations. The details are ugly, and they're easily found all over the mainstream press. But, you know, they're not as severe as what Americans once tolerated during Bill Clinton's career. And this is worth a little bit of thought. Uh, Cuomo's defense was that he had failed to negotiate, re- renegotiate the changing rules of etiquette. He, he said something to the effect of, well, the lines, the lines uh, have changed. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone, but I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. Well, <laughs> what can I say? Um, it, it's not that the lines have been redrawn. It's that you simply didn't respect the women in your workplace. These are not new rules. These are just the residue of old Christian sexual ethic. Keeping your hands to yourself is a male Christian custom, not always obeyed, but always quite clear. According to sociologist religion Rodney Stark over at Baylor, one of the reasons for Christianity's rapid growth in the Roman Empire among women was because women could come to Christian gatherings and not worry about being pawed or groped by Roman men who felt they had patriarchal license to women. St. Paul's teaching made it clear that men and women were to honor each other's bodies because those bodies belonged to Christ, and baptized women were your sisters in Christ. The Christian rules have remained the same, but the social rules, or at least the social reprisals, 
have changed, even over the last generation. Compare Cuomo and Clinton. For all his groping, flirtation, sexual harassment, Cuomo, Cuomo somehow avoided more explicit forms of sexual misconduct, the kind we saw with Clinton. We know, for instance, that Cuomo jokingly told a female associate that they should play strip poker together. But there's no report that anyone ever did. For all his bluster and rushing hands and roaming fingers, he did not apparently leave the same trail of violated women that we saw with President Clinton. Remember Paula Jones, Monica Lewinsky, Juanita Broderick, Kathleen Willey, Jennifer Flowers. Pride, arrogance, comes before a fall. And it was arrogance that enabled Clinton and Cuomo and, admittedly, uh, Trump, as we saw in the Access Hollywood video, to act in ways that Christians, in principle, reject. Let's keep that in mind. These are not new rules. Unfortunately, they're the residue of the old Christian sexual ethic. Arrogance allows a person to treat others like objects, and we saw that with Cuomo and women. But it also allows a person to seek not just to be, but to destroy your political opponent. Bill Donahue at the Catholic League uh, pointed this out when he was with me on the air the other day. When his father, when uh, Andrew Cuomo's father, Mario, ran for mayor of New York in 1977 against Ed Koch, who was allegedly gay, posters appeared all over Queens saying, vote for Cuomo, not the homo. And Cuomo hired a private investigator to find out who Ed Koch's boyfriend was. Mario even approached a Catholic group in Greenwich Village, hoping it would publish a statement saying that Koch was gay and even agreed to pay for the smear. This was a lesson that son Andrew learned from his father. Arrogance allows a person to think they're not bound by the normal rules of membership. So, for instance, Cuomo continued to claim membership as a Catholic while ignoring the teaching of the Church on uh, abortion, same-sex so-called marriage. And arrogance allows a person to think he can bully. Back in April of 2014, Cuomo phoned Valerie Jarrett, a senior advisor to President Obama, and she described him as uh, ranting and raving. He apparently wanted the White House to exert influence over the U.S. District Attorney for the Southern District of New York. Jared ended the conversation after only a few minutes and thought maybe Cuomo had committed an illegal act, any effort by the White House to influence investigations by a federal prosecutor could constitute criminal obstruction of justice. Jared was so alarmed, she immediately went to the office of the White House counsel, Catherine Rumler, to report the conversation. And Rumler agreed. The call was improper. Uh, Rumler then took it further, reported the incident to Deputy Attorney General James Cole. He also criticized the call. Quote, he shouldn't have been doing that. He's trying to exert political pressure on basically a prosecution or an investigation. Arrogance makes it almost impossible to even ask forgiveness or repent meaningfully. Even today, when he was supposed to be resigning full of shame, he couldn't help arrogating to himself the role of public instructor. He said he's going to teach us all a lesson. The lesson? How much he accomplished. What a great leader he was. What a great general he was getting all New Yorkers to battle COVID, among other things. Take a listen. I want to remind all New Yorkers of an important lesson and one that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. 
And that's what you New Yorkers did in battling COVID. The enemy landed in New York State. COVID launched the attack here. It came on planes from Europe, and we had no idea. It was an ambush. And it was up to New Yorkers to fight back. We were on our own, and it was war. And make no doubt about it, uh, he wants you to know who the general was. Let me close back to Proverbs 16. In that same chapter as Proverbs 16:18, pride comes before a fall, are other passages that illustrate how a godly man behaves and thinks. How much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. The wise are known for their understanding, and pleasant words are persuasive. Discretion is a life-giving fountain to those who possess it, but discipline is wasted on fools. From a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And Scripture, of course, has many examples of men and women whose arrogance, pride, self-importance led to the destruction of themselves, their families, their nations. We think of Saul. We think of David, Solomon, Jezebel, Absalom, Herod. Uh, there is a certain logic, a spiritual logic to life. And pride be- comes before a fall is just one of those remarkably insightful maxims. Let's go back to politics, though, for a minute. It can be a noble enterprise, but it also appeals to the arrogant who like to use the coercive power of government to get people to do what they can't persuade them to do through other less coercive means. So human government can be a great blessing because it can create an environment that allows human cooperation and creativity to achieve good things for the common good. Human government can also be a great curse because it has a tendency towards cronyism, nepotism, coercion, even enslavement. I've always been suspicious of big government solutions to human problems. The Cuomos, like the Kennedys, have wanted to be known as apostles for governmental service, by which they mean using government to get people to do things they want them to do, but can't persuade them to do without the force of law. Cuomo tried to reassure budding politicians to stay in the game, but in doing so, he made a disturbing statement. And I know the political process is flawed, and I understand their cynicism and distrust and disappointment now. But don't give it up, because government is still the best vehicle for making positive social change. Government is the best vehicle for making positive social change. Made my skin crawl. Here's a guy who can't keep his hands or lips to himself, telling us that he wants to use the coercive levers of government to bless us. Keep it to yourself, is my instinctual response to that. Conversion is the best vehicle for positive social change. It doesn't deny the value of government. It just says that no matter how just your laws are, unconverted hearts will learn to manipulate the system, stack the deck, create old boys or young gals networks, rely on various forms of stereotypes to marginalize people. Government is the only sector of human life that we permit to use the power of coercion. 
It can force you to do things in ways that your parents, your children, your employer, your employees cannot. And the more we rely on government and law to form the good society, the more we give government messianic pretensions and expect it to protect us from things that good sense or good conscience or good relations used to protect us from. There's a woman right now suing McDonald's over an advertisement featuring cheeseburgers and chicken nuggets. Why? Because the ad was so effective that it caused her to break her Lenten fast. This is silly. But how could a person take such a notion seriously were she not part of a culture in which people are regularly relying on the law to do what the human heart and conscience is supposed to do? However arrogant Andrew Cuomo may seem, and that's by his own admission, he is someone who will one day face a more exacting justice than the citizens of New York. We can at least do him the honor of praying for his soul, and may he learn that pride comes before a fall.